Welcome back again to the Gospel Gazing Podcast. My name is Wilson Van Hooser, the senior pastor of Grace Presbyterian Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Today, we're talking about the names of God, and we're talking again for a third time about this incredible name, Yahweh. We could do a whole season on this name, Yahweh, but we wanted to keep getting out all these different names of God, but nevertheless, it'd be great to talk about it one more time. Let me tell you a story, though, to help make this make sense. There's a painting in my parents' house that is clearly a painting from a child. Matter of fact, it's a young Wilson painting. It's one of my earliest memories, actually. I remember making this painting and uh, I was just learning to f- how to form letters to make words and reading. And, and as I was painting, I formed letters to pronounce the word, I don't know, called Toral, T-O-R-A-L. I don't even know if that means anything. But I remember that as I wrote those letters, T-O-R-A-L, I remember saying, this is my new name. Now, I'm sure this was a great parenting moment for my mom as she had to remind me why I had the name Wilson. Here's what one of the biggest lessons I learned from that moment. Here's what it was. Names shape how we think about ourselves. As we continue to unpack the names of God, we will see how many manifold, numerous names of this one God that there are. And the reason why God has given us so many names is because it shapes the way we relate to him and how we understand how he relates to us. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, we read about how the angel of the Lord visited Joseph to tell him that the baby in Mary's womb was actually Yahweh in the flesh. Now, Joseph is obviously, he's stunned, he's perplexed. But he's told in light of this that he needs to continue to embrace Mary despite what this would mean for him socially. So as the angel explains that this child in Mary's womb that was conceived in her by the Holy Spirit, the angel also tells Joseph what he is to name this child. Now here it is in chapter 1 of Matthew verse 21. The angel says, she, talking about Mary, she will bear a son, and you, Joseph, shall call his name Jesus. For, given the reason why his name is Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, here's what's very interesting. The Greek word that is translated as Jesus, in the Greek, it is literally Iesus. Now, follow me here for a second. The Greek name, Iesus, is the Hebrew equivalent of Yeshua. Here's how this, let me me show you how this makes sense. The Greek Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament that people in Jesus' day, they, they used since Greek was the widespread language. 
And so in the Greek Septuagint, whenever you read in the book of Joshua, what, what we would see as in English, it would be translated from the Hebrew uh, into Joshua. The Hebrew name for Joshua is Yeshua, which is the, it's the Hebrew equivalent of the Greek name Iesus, which is Jesus. So in other words, here's what I'm trying to say. That the names Jesus and Joshua, or Iesus and Yeshua, they are synonymous. Yeshua, as I mentioned, is the Hebrew name for Joshua. And we learn that Joshua's name means Yahweh saves. Now, connect this with what we just heard in Matthew chapter 1. When the angel tells Joseph to name his son Jesus, he explains the variation of this name, and he says this, you name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, here's the question. Who is he? Here's what the angel is telling Joseph. He, talking about Jesus, is Yahweh. In other words, the angel is clearly telling Joseph that this child in the womb of the Virgin Mary is none other than the same Yahweh of the Old Testament, and that this Yahweh of the Old Testament has now taken on flesh to save us from our sins. What does this mean? It means that the Jesus that we read about in the Bible is the same God as the God of the Old Testament. What this means is that the Bible tells us one story about one God who saves one people by one salvation. What's massive about this is that when Jesus tells you to believe in him, he is not changing what the Old Testament would say to, for the people to believe in Yahweh. You're believing in the same God. Here's how this changes the way we relate to Yahweh, how we relate to God. Let me give you another illustration. At the end of the movie uh, Wreck-It Ralph, uh, it paints a great picture uh, of why this matters. This Pixar movie, is it's about a video game character named Ralph, and he's the bad guy in this uh, uh, make-believe video game. And Ralph, he struggles with the reality that he is the bad guy. So he goes on a long journey trying to earn a medal so that he can prove to his other friends in the video game that he's actually a good guy. What's interesting is that after this long journey of trying to prove himself, he actually finds peace with his dilemma that he's a bad guy. He finds peace because of a loving relationship with another character in the movie. Here's what he says. This is very fascinating. At the very end of the movie, he says this. It turns out that I don't need a medal to tell me I'm a good guy. Because if that person likes me, talking about the character who he now has this relationship with, because if that person likes me, how bad can I be? What we have to remember as Christians, always, we are sinners. But also at the same time, because of Jesus, 
we are the ones that Yahweh came to save. We are our worst problem. That's true. And we don't want to be fine with that. We, we should mourn over our sin, but we should run with our sin to Jesus because he is precisely the one who came to save us from our sin. When we run to Jesus, even though we are the bad guys, we can rest knowing that in him, we are infinitely loved, we're cleansed, we're forgiven, and we're clothed in his righteousness. We too can then say, as it were, it turns out that I don't need my own works to tell me I'm a good guy. Because if that Jesus loves me, And if he has given me his resume, then my sins cannot change what he has done for me, and it can't change what he is doing in me. It's this Jesus who is Yahweh in our flesh. It's this Jesus who we must find our utmost identity in. If we are in a relationship with Jesus, he, because he is God, He is our ultimate reality. Now, this is not some sort of mind over matter type thinking. Rather, our our minds get in line with what is really true of us. And if this Jesus, who once again, if I can say it so many times, he is Yahweh in our flesh. If this Jesus is my Jesus, it means so many things in my life. One, as I mentioned earlier, It's clear that this Jesus not only declares me to be good, even though I'm not, but he also makes me increasingly good. Listen, when when we were his enemies, he sought us and purchased us. When he applied his salvation to us, he justified us, meaning that he declared us righteous, a one-time act solely because of his work on our behalf. But that's not the only thing that happens in our salvation. It's not only justification. But actually, because he justifies us, he also begins the work of sanctification, meaning that increasingly more and more over time, Jesus makes us more like himself. In other words, he takes bad people and he makes them good good like Jesus. Now, to be sure, this work, it's never complete. Christians are walking hypocrites. But it's actually right there in that word hypocrite that should actually give us some hope because sinners who are not redeemed cannot be hypocrites. But we, sinners who are now redeemed by Christ, even though we still struggle with sin, we live actually that truly hypocritical life because we're following Jesus, but yet we can still struggle. Just read Romans 7 for more. But what's so fascinating here is this, is that even when we still struggle with sin, Jesus is doing a real and true work that increases over the course of our lives to make us more like him. And then finally, finally in heaven, He will perfect us. And when we see Christ in his glory, then sin will be totally eradicated from us. Dear believer, 
This must define who you are this week because you are in relationship with this Yahweh, this Jesus. Don't define yourself by your sin. Your sins, all your sin from the past, the present, and even the future, it's all been pardoned. But it's also, it's not only been pardoned, but now the greatest power in your life. It's not your sin. It's not even your suffering. It's his grace. This is what it means for Jesus to be the Yahweh who will save us from our sins. (laughs) Remember, even as you struggle, even as you still fight against sin, though you are, you're genuinely making progress. But just know that finally one day, as 1 John 3, 2 says, finally one day, we will, when he appears, we will see him as he is. And when we see him as he is, we shall be like him. And that's the day we must keep in mind, that one day we will see Yahweh in our flesh face-to-face in our glorified existence. That will be what will make heaven so heavenly.